All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash style. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful thing. Laugh a little more thing. Tight, tighten up your core thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Happy Thursday. I hope you're having a great week. Now, this episode was fun for me because I brought on four different girlfriends of mine to talk about four totally different things. We recorded each thing on Zoom so that I could see their faces, so you'll definitely have to bear with the audio sounding a little bit different. It's not ideal, but I think you'll enjoy what each of my friends brought to the table, and you'll walk away from this episode inspired by these women. Now, here's a rundown of what you're going to hear today. For the fourth thing, my friend Lisa, who a lot of you may know is at The Well Necessities on Instagram, moved this last week as well. I just moved into a new house last week in case you didn't know. But I wanted Lisa to come on and share her approach of bringing in mindfulness to her daily spaces, whether it's a home or a hotel, any space she's been in. She tries to have gratitude for where she's been or where she's lived and then where she's going. So we also go over questions to ask yourself when you're organizing your home and thinking about what to keep or donate. So it's not just for if you're moving, because I know a lot of you listening may not be in that season of life, but it'll still be 
an interesting conversation for you. Oh, and FYI, for my move, I used Bellhop Moving. I got some messages from people asking how we moved so fast and we got our home put together so quickly. And it definitely would not have been possible if I didn't use Bellhop Moving. So I got to give props and credit where credit is due. And I don't want to mislead y'all thinking like, oh, I just snapped my fingers and moved. Um, So if you happen to have a move coming up big or small, I highly recommend Bellhop. I know that they're all over the country. And then while we're giving shout outs, you know, something that came up in my conversation with Lisa was Legacy Box. You'll hear it about it in our chat if you're not familiar with what it is. Um, But I wanted to share here the website that we give out on the Bobby Bone Show in case you end up interested because Um, you can save 50% at least at the moment. So legacybox.com slash bones for that. And then for the third thing, uh, my friend Abby is on to talk about one of her favorite personality tests, Abby Smyers. She's obsessed with Myers-Briggs. I had not taken the test until the other day when she sent me a link. We also talk a little bit about the Enneagram, but she discusses why she likes this personality test better. And then she also shares her journey of working with animal rescue groups and fostering dogs. For the second thing, uh, my friend Caroline Hobby is on to talk about her journey of learning about systemic racism and how she's bringing this new knowledge into her life. And she's just like a lot of us trying to figure it all out and how she can be a part of a change, like how we can all be the change, which you guys have been posting your be the change shirts on Instagram. And it's the coolest thing ever because we've raised about $90,000 for the shop forward ally fund to help fight racial injustice. And that's because a lot of you that are listening right now. So thank you. And it's super cool for Stevenson my son to see his handwriting on a shirt and in so many of your posts and especially on a shirt that's making such a huge impact. So if you want to support this cause or other efforts that we have going on, you can find links at radioamy.com for that. And then for the first thing today, you're going to hear my girl Kelly Henderson at Velvet's Edge as a lot of you know her. If you're not following her for fashion and beauty stuff, you definitely should. Uh, But she's on to talk about inner beauty and teaching young girls that they are beautiful. And Kelly just interviewed Cassidy Bentley on her podcast about this topic, and they discussed how we can try to be proactive and making a positive impact on young girls and their body image. And I I think you'll enjoy our chat, but you're definitely going to want to go check out the podcast episode that she mentions Uh, with Dirk Bentley's wife that she did. Super cool. So I'm really thankful for each of the girls on this episode. I'm thankful that they're in my life and I hope that you enjoy today's episode. Let's get started. First thing. That's right. Okay, I got my girl Kelly. Hi. She's on to talk about a pretty interesting topic that she actually had on her podcast this last week. And I thought, hey, why don't you come on and we talk about that and then encourage my listeners to go listen to the episode if they're a mom and they need to hear or they're raising girls or even if you're just in lives of girls, you know, it could be a niece or your best friend's kids or your stepkids, whatever that looks like. So Kelly, I'm going to have you introduce the topic real quick. So I had Cassidy Bentley, who's married to Dirk Bentley, obviously, on the Velvet's Edge podcast this week. And We talked a lot about shaping young girls' minds around beauty. You know, I have been talking about the fact that I'm dating someone who has two daughters now, and obviously Cassidy has kids too. 
And it's something I never thought about as someone in the beauty business. You know, I just do things. I go get Botox. I get eyelash extensions. I get hair extensions. And what I'm noticing is these girls they're noticing the stuff that I do, you know, like they play with my hair and they're like, what is that in your head? <laughs> like when they feel my hair extensions and it kind of made me sad to have to explain that and to say, you know, like I get fake hair put in because when I look at them, I'm like, Oh, just think you're so beautiful the way you are. You know, I want them to feel so secure in that. And so it's really made me start asking myself questions like, why am I doing all of this stuff to me? And kind of during this coronavirus stuff too, I realized, how much of it was just this motorized thing that I do and I don't even think about it you know I just do it and so the pause in life made me question some of the things because I couldn't do it and I was like do I really need this Cassie and I really talked about that she's great about it and obviously has to be on the red carpet a lot and so she's living these two lives where she's supernatural in one part of her life and just a mom that is kind of in the trenches with her kids and then she's on red carpets with Dirk. So that's a lot of pressure in a totally different way. So she really helped me. She had a lot of resources that she listed for me that I'm going to look into. And um, yeah, I just really want to start spreading this message of beauty and maybe a bigger perspective of that, like inner beauty. And let's all look inside and make sure that we're addressing all of those parts of us too. I haven't listened to it yet, but it's on my list. And this is something that interests me so much. And if Cassidy had a lot of good resources for you. I know that I need to listen and write them down. And I hope that other women listening will listen too. Or I know I have some younger listeners too, some high school girls that email me from time to time. Do you think it's something that they could listen to as well and get something out of? I actually really do because I think the programming as women that we get so early on, like we get these messages that we need to look this certain way. And especially with social media nowadays, it's just like what we do. You know, and so I think it's so important no matter what your age to just ask the questions like, why are you doing this? And is it something that actually makes you feel good about yourself? Or is it just something that you do mechanically because we've been told we need to be a certain size or we need to look as young as we can as long as we can? And those kind of thoughts. And I just want to make sure I think it's fine. Like, it's not like stop doing everything, but it's also like, does it actually make you feel good? And is it fulfilling you? Is it the right thing for you? And if it is, then by all means, totally. there's got to be a balance with it. I don't always love that word, but I'm going to say it for lack of me thinking of a better word to use right now. But do you follow the birds papaya on Instagram? I've heard of that account, but I actually don't. Why? Oh my gosh, she is so great. When you were talking, it made me think about, she did a post about the next generation and what we want to pass down to our kids and what they're used to seeing. And we grew up seeing airbrushed people everywhere. Right. We grew up seeing only this kind of body and this kind of look. And then now we're starting to see more of a normalized bodies movement where it's like, okay, bodies have cellulite. Not all bodies are right. a particular shape. And she put up a post and it was of her, I'll show it to you here, but it's just of her in a swimsuit. But you can clear, oh, yeah. you know, the back of her legs and she's like having a great time in the summer sun. And she's like, that should be the caption. That should be the end of the post. So why aren't we there yet? Because she feels like she needs to tie more because it shows her cellulite and she needs to explain certain things. And she's like, hopefully we get to a place where women can post their bodies as they are, stretch marks, cellulite, all the beautiful things, and then just post and be done with it. 
because, you know, right. if there's an airbrushed image of this and that, then someone might just be like, oh, on the beach, having fun in the sun. You know, we're just not there yet. But her post is really, really good. And she just said that one day she hopes if we continue making efforts and we continue to show up and continue to push back against the decades of something different, a generation will come that will not have known the days that we introduced and felt shame for the normalcies of the skin and the body. I'm excited about the episode. I'm thankful for you and Cassie for doing that one. I think it's great. How do we tell people real quick where to find it? So you can just search Velvet's Edge on iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, any sort of place you listen to podcasts. It's just Velvet's Edge. And the episode is titled How to Teach Young Girls They're Beautiful with Cassie Bentley. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. Always awesome. Thanks, buddy. Even if it's on Zoom. And I know. <laughs> I hope I get to see you soon next month and we're going to celebrate your birthday. Yes, can't wait. Second thing. So I've got my girl Caroline Hobby on. Hey, Carol. Hey, girl. I call you Carol because that's her Instagram is at Caro Hobby, C-A-R-O-H-O-B-B-Y. And Caroline has a podcast called Get Real. She's on the same network as me, the Nashville Podcast Network. And I was super proud of you right away out of the gate seeing you use your platform to bring awareness to the racial injustice like you were on it and one of your next episodes you had it up I could tell you were digging in you were reading you were researching you were trying to bring on friends and and experts and different people that knew a lot and so I was inspired by you and so I just wanted to bring you on just as someone that's navigating it like a lot of other people including myself and just get your take on a lot of it and then I, I also have a podcast episode that I want you to to speak on and highlight too with our friend Amara that you did. Um, So that way listeners can go check it out. I, like most people in the world, many people in the world, have just a super empathetic heart. And when I see something that is happening that resonates with me in my core, that is just wrong. And once I'm like enlightened to something, it is so impossible for me to let it go. Like I cannot go back to the way I was before. Because I'm like, I now know this exists. I know this is happening. If there's a way that I can do something to help, then I want to. When the Black Lives Matter movement just got so activated, I really started listening because I have a lot of black friends who I really love and respect. They were really passionate and upset themselves. And so it just felt so different than the way we had been living or I felt like there was probably some people that were racist, but I didn't understand that racism was systematic. I thought it was very personal. Like I thought it was just people were racist and that was a terrible thing, but like I didn't think it was so deep. And so I just started like asking my friends who were black and I started like getting my eyes open and I started watching movies. I watched the movie 13th, which was super eye opening. And then I was like, I'm super uncomfortable talking about this because I don't know about it. I don't feel qualified to talk about it. I feel like I'll say something wrong. I do not want to offend anyone. Like I am so uneducated. But I asked my friend Amara and she was like, listen, just start talking about it. You have a good heart. You have a good intention. Like just start talking about it. And that's better than not talking about it. And so with her confidence, I interviewed her 
and then I interviewed her and her mom and they really just shed some wisdom on me and I hope anyone who heard the episode on how unfair it really is and some of the things they've had to go through as black people and it breaks my heart so I want to be a part of the change and another thing I'm learning is I get so overwhelmed because I feel like how do I change it all for everyone but that's so such a huge cross to bear and nobody can do that and so you have to just do it where you can do it in your own life and I was like I have a podcast I have amazing black friends let's talk And so that's what I did. Yeah, no, I loved that episode. And uh, Amara is just such a beautiful soul. In general, anybody that encounters her, you're immediately just lighter. Like, hey, isn't it so? I tell her she's like walking peace. Yeah. Like I have goosebumps after I said that because it's so true. She's just this free spirit that just loves and is so gentle and kind passionate but not aggressive yes and she sees the spark in everybody yeah she really does she's a one of a kind very special person so are you but i feel it with the i know what you're saying about amara she is next level yeah so i would encourage people to go find that episode what is it it's called Amara joins me again, along with her beautiful mother, Norma, talking about systemic racism and their hope for the future. Okay, so definitely go to Get Real wherever you listen to podcasts. Caroline, we were talking before we came on, and we were discussing how we get to listen to podcasts if we even find the time. And I told her that the other day, I was listening to an 18-minute podcast that someone put up, but it took me two days to listen to it. I think I got five minutes the first day and then the second day I got to listen to the rest. So I really fit them in where, where I can, but a trick if you're listening to podcasts or audiobooks or anything and you're short on time, you can up the speed. Like <laughs> you can make it a time and a half and but everybody's excited and the problem is when I get used to hearing someone speak in their fast forward voice when I hear them speak normal it's weird to me (laughs) that's a funny little life hack I like that how are you handling these types of conversations with your family or even friends yes you found ways to bring it into the podcast but how are you bringing it into your life I think, and I've talked a lot to Mara and everyone who I've interviewed on this topic, I've asked that question, like, what are the ways to do it? Like, what are the ways to start bringing this into your life without just walking in with like a a loud horn yelling it and, you know, making everyone feel they have to like state their stance or whatever? Because I think everyone wants it to change, at least in my life. The way the people I hang out with and associate and what I'm seeing in the world is it feels like everyone is not okay with this. Like it needs to change. It's a big issue, but it's so deep rooted that how do you, it's very uncomfortable. And I grew up never wanting to talk talk about people's color and race and stuff. That's always made me super uncomfortable. And so what I learned from Mickey Guyton too was just denounce racism anywhere that you go. Like if I, if anyone has an off color joke or which I haven't, this hasn't happened to me or says something that's just not appropriate, you have to call them out. You have to say, I'm sorry, you just, I can't stand for that. You can't say that. You have to say that out loud. You can't laugh it off. Of course, voting, taking your voting rights seriously, because it's a huge deal to have the right to vote. So taking that seriously and really getting educated about everyone running for office. I think too, just, I have told my parents what I've been doing and my family and my friends, like, 
I've watched this movie. I've learned this. And then just having open conversations about what went on that we didn't know about, you know, that we weren't aware to. And then just really starting to have these conversations and educate ourselves and encourage everyone around me to educate themselves. And just being open about the fact that this is a big deal to me and I'm educating myself. Here's what I'm learning. And if you're wanting to educate too and learn something, watch this movie or listen to this podcast or do that. And it comes to find out like everyone is, is wanting to have these conversations, I feel like. And so if you can be kind of the instigator, then you can really get into a deep, good conversation and hopefully that'll start trickling across other people and who they hang out with and then all of a sudden maybe we all just step up our game a little bit and that's how we can help move this forward. You brought up an interesting point about voting, which I think is great. And then easy conversation starters because we should be having these talks with people that we're we're close to or that we work with or that we encounter if we can. What I've learned in this is that some stuff isn't blatantly racist. It's not some crazy, another are the jokes or whatever, but it's not some like blatant crazy joke where it's obvious that that's racist. Like sometimes there's just so much stuff again, because it's so deeply rooted that just comes out from people that maybe at a time we would just be like, Oh, okay, yeah, no, and just ignore it. But there's moments where now if we have that, we we might have to step up our game and say, hey, you know what? Can we can we talk more about what you just said? Because I'm curious where that came from, because they may not even realize what they have just said and how hurtful that might be to somebody else. I know I get super overwhelmed, like I was saying earlier, when I see a change that needs to happen and I want to immediately like all want to just change my whole life so fast and like try to like fix this thing that I feel like is a huge problem. And I think with this, like you're saying, it is such a big problem. And I interviewed this amazing woman, her name is Loki, and she makes ice cream and she does it like with black history. She brings black history into her ice cream and like she made a Juneteenth ice cream and talked all about it and she gives history lessons on the ice cream. So it's like, she's like, okay, I have two lines to give you history on black history while you're getting ice cream. And so she's done this really cool thing. It's called saturated ice cream. Everyone check her out. Well, but wait, she's, where, where do we get saturated ice cream? I already want to order it. She's on Instagram, saturated ice cream, and she has like places in Nashville. So follow her, saturated ice cream on Instagram. But check out the podcast too. But what she said is people can get like almost fatigued. You can have something that hits you so heavy and you want to change so fast and like you're all in, but then you can burn out a little bit. So she's like, just make sure you pace yourself. I've really taken that to heart because this is something that I want to commit to for the long run. And I want to change in my life and I want to be that influence of everyone around me too. And so I know that I have to just pace myself on learning, pace myself on like keeping the conversations going. I don't want to Feel like I have to fix everything today or that it's my job to fix everything but it is my job to keep going to keep learning to pace myself and to try to make the difference in my own life so that's kind of one of the best uses of advice I got about this for the long haul well I love it and I think that that's some wisdom that my listeners can take with them as well because I know a lot of us are on this journey and I just want people to know that they're they're not alone if they're struggling with how to do this what to do but the important thing is to just start taking those steps forward and start doing it that was freedom to me when Amara said that she said it is better to start the conversation even if you feel completely ignorant if you're just start the conversation that is better to do that than to say nothing and then when she said that I was like 
okay because I always was way too scared to have these kind of conversations. Thank you for coming on and sharing with us what you're doing and I'm just super proud of you. Happy to have you as a friend and I'm going to come be on your podcast next month. Yes, mid-July, you will come be my guest and we'll maybe dive deeper into these topics. And we go deep. We got a long history. I've known you for a long time. We're both from Texas. I know. We just need you to get you to, to move over here now. <laughs> I know. Thank you for coming on, Caroline. Thanks for having me. All right, I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in-store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in-store. All right, so I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, uh, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14-karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, this just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories, and they cut out the cost of the middleman, and they pass the savings on to us So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover-up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton, and it's $49.90. It could retail for $148, so that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like I want research. I want to know like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18-plus multivitamin. The results, well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption 
of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. What they are doing at St. Jude is making a huge difference. It is full of joy there, which a lot of families need at that time. They don't need to be worrying about travel, lodging, food. Everything is paid for at St. Jude so that families can focus on their child that has cancer. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude. It's only $19 a month. And when you sign up, you'll get the new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. My friend Abby is making her podcast debut. I mean, on my <laughs> podcast. You've been on. Really? Other- really only one of my only podcasts ever. Oh, I've only ever done one. Yeah. Who did you do the other one with, Caroline? Caroline. Yep. Oh, and she's on this episode too. So <laughs> kind of fitting. Yes. We all used to live in the same neighborhood together, but now we have since moved. Caroline's still there. She's holding down the fort for us. Holding down the fort for us. But yeah, we moved. And now Abby and I are less than a mile apart, which is super fun. And she was over here for dinner the other night with my friend Brittany and Caitlin, and we were just sitting around eating. And then somehow we started talking about Myers-Briggs. Mm-hmm. I think we started talking about Enneagram and we all had so much knowledge about Enneagram. Everyone knows it. It's like well, the trendiest thing. But then you and Brittany, which Brittany's been on the podcast too, if so just so people know who we're talking about. She was my friend that came on a few weeks ago for the first episode that I did about racial injustice. And so you and Brittany are talking and you you start saying all these letters and then and y'all have your whole little Myers-Briggs connection. And then Caitlin and I, who's Bobby's girlfriend, we did not know what y'all were talking about. I mean, of course I've heard of it, but I have no clue what the letters mean. I'd never taken a test. I want to, but I thought, okay, since this episode, I'm featuring all my girlfriends and different little things. Abby, I'll do the disclaimer for you since you were telling me Yes. Expert. Like, not at all. Not anywhere close. (laughs) This episode is just me chatting with my girlfriends about things that other people might want to have girl talk about. So, absolutely. I thought I would bring you on as the unofficial Myers. (laughs) Because you do know a lot. (laughs) I know enough, and I know about mine is the biggest thing, but it was fun once you took it. And I need to go back and see Caitlin took it too, but I forgot which one hers was. But we were all discussing and Brittany and I were super similar. We were just one letter apart. So I guess we should explain the letters, but the letters are your personality type for Myers-Briggs. And 
the reason we were talking about this is because everyone talks about Enneagram. There's 1,000 Enneagram Instagrams and there's different memes you can follow. And I think it's really cool and interesting, but sometimes I feel very pigeonholed by Enneagram, if that's the right word. Like I feel not totally like I connect to it, even though I understand why I'm a two. Amy, what are you again? Jury's still out for me, but <laughs> I have done the test like that you do online and I was a four, but then I've done a verbal and I was given a three. Okay. Three and four. So four would make sense with your result for Myers-Briggs because she is an ISFP, which is inherently creative as well. And four is creative. So maybe there is something to be said there. But to clarify to all yes. the listeners, I literally just <laughs> test two days ago and I feel like I took it kind of quick. So you need to take it again. I feel like I want to take it again. Maybe I'm going on vacation next week and I'll be in Colorado and a little more relaxed and maybe I and can- And then you'll be able to focus on it more. And really take it. But I did, yeah, my result was, what'd you say? I- IFP. So what that would stand for is introverted sensing, feeling, perceiving. And from the little research that I did on that, I found adventurer meaning- more someone who is creative and like willing to accept new things very quickly, very welcoming versus not like just going on adventures. I didn't really get that from it, even though it was called the adventurer. But that was kind of like the little gist of what I got. But you don't feel like you really relate to that. So no, I don't know. I have a hard, <laughs> hard time with any of it because I take it and that's what we probably need to not do. And I say we for anybody out there like me, you put yourself in that box and you feel like you're supposed to check everything off about that. Every single one of them. Exactly. And so I struggle with that. That's how I feel about it too. And right when we were about to jump on this, an Enneagram account that I follow, it was like, the Enneagram does not define you was just the post. And I was like, wow, like that's very timely for the conversation that we're about to have. Because I think that's always been my issue is that I just don't, relate to it 100%. But then when I took Myers-Briggs, which I'm an INFJ, which so we're both introverted, it's introverted, intuitive feeling and judging. And when I first read the description of me, I fully was in tears because it was just like the first time I felt someone understood me, even though it was just a web page. But it was just little things like there's a line in the description of an INFJ that just says anyone who met an INFJ would assume they're an extroverted person. And I think people probably perceive me as an extrovert a lot of the time because I am very open. I love meeting new people and I'm very welcoming, which is something I really love about myself. But I am very drained by that personally. I do way better recharging by myself and kind of refocusing and realigning alone, which I think is really unexpected for people. Another thing about INFJ that I related to so much myself was, so INFJ is the advocate, but we tend to take on way too much in terms of things being in our control. And I think during COVID or anything, especially right now in these very, very, very trying times, it's really easy to just take on so much and want to do so many things and you're really limited on it. And it can be really emotionally draining for everyone. So that was something I guess I really related to. But you'll have to dig more in and see if there's any things that you relate to in it. 
Yeah. What has it been like for you? And I mean, because you're married to Dan, how do y'all's personalities work out? Has he taken the Myers-Briggs? He has not taken the Myers-Briggs and I finally just got him to take the Enneagram, which I don't know if it's like a male thing or his personality or what it is, but it was just challenging to get him to stop. He wants to work all the time. So that's just taking away from work time if he's taking a quiz. But he did take Enneagram and he's an eight. And I was actually really surprised by that. I would have typed him, which they say don't ever type people because you're going to be wrong, as probably a three or a four. And he's an eight. And I was a little taken aback at the moment. But now that I like look at two and eight dynamics, it actually makes complete sense in our marriage. A two is not dominant at all and always serving others and a helper. And But it says in two and eight relationships, that's like the one time a two is dominant. And that's really true. He does. He lets me be in charge sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Which is really free. For any of you girls out there listening, <laughs> find yourself here too. Find an eight. You'll be, it's really yeah. great. Truly. I think, well, I think Caitlin was Bobby an eight. That. Yeah. That's what Caitlin, Caitlin's a two. Part of our yeah. conversation that night was a little bit about that. I forgot that you mentioned that Dan was an eight, but yes. You no, know, I think what's interesting for couples right now during quarantine is some people are extroverts call them sevens probably. I'm yeah, hundred percent. You need to be around people to feel like they're living life. And it's probably really hard for them. But then if you're in a relationship with someone that likes to be around people, but then like, yeah. we like recharging by ourselves and we both marry people that travel a lot and then suddenly everybody's home and you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> here we all are together <laughs> all the time. It's, I try to take it as the biggest blessing because we'll probably never have this opportunity again, but I've talked to friends about it. My best friend, Devin, her husband, he's a three, but he is incredibly extroverted. His name is Jameson, but Jameson is like, he just thrives being around people. So quarantine has been such a challenge for him. Whereas she's like us, she's introverted, recharges alone, loves being alone. And I really feel for people in that extroverted personality because this is really challenging. And I guess maybe for us introverts, they're getting a little bit of a taste of how we feel when we have to go to social engagements all the time. But I think it's really hard and I feel for them tremendously because I thrive at home and alone. So I'm like, this is great. It's all right. But I know that for so many people, it is not that way at all. And it's really, really hard. And to me, the best thing about these personality tests, whether it's Enneagram or Myers-Briggs, or I found two more for us that we can take and discuss at a later time that are more like character ones. They're the Gallup test, like Gallup, like a horse, and then VIA. I just was reading about them today, but they're really deep diving personality tests that a lot of businesses want you to take. And I know a lot of businesses use Myers-Briggs to like understand people. I think you yeah. mentioned that. Yeah, my sister's husband, so my brother, yes. he works in a high-stress environment, and he's the boss, and he has a team under him on the trading floor, and he knows how to manage each of them because he had them all take the Myers-Briggs, and he just knows exactly how they're going to react under stress, under pressure, under any scenario, and then that way he knows how to approach them and how to best manage them because... 
I think that that's what's cool for bosses or managers or even coworkers to use this as a tool to have a more high functioning office. I think it's even more useful to understand other people. Obviously, it's great to understand yourself better, but I think it's probably harder for us as individuals to look at I'm an INFJ or a two or I'm a four or whatever it is. And you see certain parts of those characteristics that you don't relate to. And then you're so in tune with yourself. It's hard to like fully embrace those. But when you use them as a tool to understand other people, I think that's when they're the most beneficial because you're like, okay, well, now that I understand that an INFJ reacts in this way or feels this way or views the world in this way, you might understand their response to you differently. And then you can have better interactions. And I like all of them, Enneagram or Myers-Briggs. So, and maybe these two new ones that I'm going to take later, (laughs) Uh, but to just better understand people as a whole and why they react a certain way or why they might feel a certain way. When did you first take Myers-Briggs? I took it in college for the first time. I don't know that I remember if I was an INFJ or not. The first time I took it as an adult was probably two years ago. Uh, my friend from college, Erin, lives in San Diego, and she's worked in advertising. Well, she did right out of school, and now she works for a nonprofit for um, veterans and people who have been killed in combat and their families and things like that. And her husband is a Navy SEAL, but she uses a lot of these in their workplace and she used them in advertising too. So I had gone to visit her when her first son was born and we just got on the topic again because she has a bunch of books and she's also the one who told me about the Gallup test, but she has used it through her life and just the experiences that her and her husband have gone through with him deploying and all of that. And so we just got on the topic and I was like, I need to take that again. And I felt like this was about the time that Enneagram was getting super popular. And I just felt like I related so much more to it. And not to say that there's anything wrong with Enneagram. I think it's great. I just thought I related more to my results with Myers-Briggs and made me want to know more about it. Where do you recommend, like you sent me a link. Is that the I sent you one that I think is called Human Metrics. I like the results that Human Metrics provides. I don't know if the test is good or not, to be honest. I just like the depth that they go into it for a free test. Now, there's ones you can pay for that I'm sure are way better. But for a free test, I really like that one because it's quick and the results are very in-depth for a free test, I feel like. And you don't have to like buy more information at the end of it. Like it's pretty well-rounded. So I really like that one. But if you just Google it, there's plenty of free tests, kind of like the same with Enneagram. But I know the Gallup test is one you pay for. And I think I'm going to do it because it's like 20 pages long, your results. So I'm very interested. (laughs) Okay. I'll go Myers-Briggs one step. Yeah, you start there. (laughs) And then I'll take that test seriously, even though I know that it got the I part right because I am introverted. A thousand percent. And then I am. And I think you're very creative. Yes. And the F part, I feel. The feeling. Yes. I base too much on feelings. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I need to stop and think sometimes before. Me too. (laughs) Which, yeah, you being a two, the Enneagram and you being like a helper and doer, I just want to, to shout you out for all the help that you do for dogs 
And well, thanks. People may not know that about you. I'm sure if they follow you on Instagram, they do know. But in case you don't know, Abby <laughs> and Dan are like the biggest dog rescuers in the land. Like y'all have, did y'all have that in common when you started dating? Well, it's really funny because when we very, like the very beginning of our relationship, I had a dog that was mine that I got in college. And I honestly, at first was like a little afraid that he didn't like my dog. And I was like, man, I really like this guy, but that's a deal breaker. Like you have to like my dog. Then I realized that he did really like my dog. So it was fine. But I feel like it kind of developed together. We did rescue our our first, both of our rescue dog, Joy, which we named because we got Pimp and Joy Week. But she was our very first rescue dog and like our first kind of introduction to rescue. And so then it kind of just developed from there. My dog that I had before, before I was involved in rescue, before I was knowledgeable on rescue, I got him from a breeder and um, he ended up just having a whole lot of health issues and he died at four And it was so, so traumatic and so traumatizing. And we had already rescued Joy at that point. A coworker of mine was fostering her and we ended up adopting her. And so I had already at that point been exposed to rescue and then having that trauma with my dog Miller, it just became something I really wanted to focus on. So since then we've fostered probably 40 dogs and we've kept so I feel like I'm not doing great (laughs) on not keeping my foster dogs. So I'm trying to uh, tone it down a little bit on the fostering because I clearly have no self-control whatsoever. But I have been transporting dogs during quarantine. I call it my dog taxi. But it's just been really, really fun because it was like a really awesome way for me, especially in the beginning, feeling kind of helpless and confused on everything that was happening in the world. And it was a way for me to really safely still help rescue. I don't interact with humans. I just go pick up the dog and either take them to the vet or take them to their new foster home or pick them up from the shelter, just kind of all over the place. But it's been really fun. And then I share their stories on Instagram and all of them have been adopted so far. So it's been really great. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Which if y'all want to see Abby's Instagram, she's at Abby Smyers. Yes, that's me. Myers with an S. (laughs) Myers with an S. Abby's, I don't know all the organizations y'all are involved in, but yeah, you work with Proverbs a lot. Yes, we work with Proverbs 1210 a lot. And all of our four dogs are from there. And then last year I got to meet this really special person named Catherine and she moved here from LA and my friend Devin, who I was talking about earlier, um, she introduced us. Devin was her realtor. She worked for a really big rescue and still does um, Wags and Walks in Los Angeles. And she moved here for her fiance's career and Wags let Catherine start a Wags Nashville. And she has just been doing the most incredible work. And so I transport for Wags and transport for Proverbs and we fundraise and do whatever we can to help. I'm super happy for all of 
Catherine's work in the city. She has been unbelievably amazing during COVID-19 and also during right after the tornado because the shelter was shut down. I mean, for a really long time when the city was shut down for both things. And she took in way more dogs than she probably could or had the means to. And she just helped and she has just been really amazing for Nashville. So we're really happy to have another awesome rescue here that she's doing great. <laughs> okay. And say hers again, it's Wags and Walks. So she's Wags and Walks Nashville. Okay. And then Proverbs 1210 Animal Rescue. Those are the two. I think those are also their handles. But her name's Catherine. Levon is the head of Proverbs and they're both just remarkable people and I'm really happy to know them. Yeah. And you've been a dog mom model for us because we have a dog mom <laughs> line. Like we have like a yes. and some shirts and they just say dog mom and we go to support Proverbs. Yes. And so that was fun. One day we got a bunch of girls together and a bunch of dogs and we did a photo shoot. And it was amazing. Was All four and dogs. <laughs> All four were there. I was like, Dan, you have to come with me. <laughs> I can't do all four. <laughs> well, thanks, Abby, for coming on to give us a little bit of insight into Myers-Briggs. I'm going to go take it again and see where I fall. And hopefully a lot of my listeners will look it up, what their letters are. And then you never know when you might be having a dinner with people or hanging out with friends. And then some friends start rattling off these letters. At least, And then you know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> you won't feel left out. Um, and then you'll know them all. Yeah. So at Abby Smyers on Instagram, y'all follow her. Yes, yeah, see you in the hood. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Four with Amy Brown. So excited to have my friend Lisa join us today. And Lisa was my co-host on our Outweigh series that we did here on the podcast about disordered eating. And she's been a guest for several things in the past. But typically, she's on talking about forking the noise when it comes to your body and food. And today, she's going to come on to talk about forking the noise in other ways because it is a way you can implement it into your life. And before she starts talking about what all we're going to get into, I first want to say happy birthday, Lisa. Thanks. And uh, thank you for talking to me on your birthday. But two, I want to tell my listeners for your birthday, they should go follow you at the Wellness Desk on Instagram and show you some love because you're definitely an amazing follow for me. We met on Instagram and now I get to call you friend, which is super cool. And your content is always so meaningful. What's interesting too is Lisa and I both just moved at the exact same time. Like she was moving from DC back to New York and I was just moving about 15 minutes down the road. But we were both moving at the same time and I saw you post something on your Instagram stories that I wanted you to elaborate on for us because I think it's important because I certainly wasn't doing what you were doing, but I was in the moving process and I was like, oh shoot, like this is really good stuff. And I think that my listeners can benefit from it, whether they're moving or not, because I know that you were doing a technique that you originally started doing in a hotel room. So forking the noise in general is about using mindfulness to really explore and give space for your emotions so that you can be your best caretaker of yourself. So growing up, I moved a ton. Like I lived in probably 10 houses from being born to 18, all within the same town. But the process of moving was very 
like I never checked in with myself. I just kind of abandoned the last place that I went. My stepmom would fully pack me up and then, you know, I'd go to a friend's house and I'd arrive to our next house. And oftentimes it's exciting to get to the new so much that you just kind of leave behind the old. It can be difficult to part with places for many reasons, whether it was a place that maybe you don't have such good memories or because you do have such good memories. But nonetheless, I have come to learn that honoring spaces is a really fantastic way to foster gratitude in a sense. So it began in hotel rooms for me. And so for the longest time, I sort of like hated goodbyes with people, with places, with things, clothing, you know, whatever it was, I was just kind of holding on or kind of like letting go and never, you know, acknowledging it. And so now when I part with a person, a place or a thing, I like to just kind of take a moment to say, you know, if it's a place, thank you for sheltering me. Thank you for keeping me safe. Thank you for this experience. (laughs) If it's a thing, you know, thank you for keeping me clothed. Thank you for keeping me warm. Thank you for making me feel beautiful, whatever it is. And if it's a person, you know, Amy, when you just kind of like did that really sweet introduction, I know this might sound kind of funny, but like I'm somebody that kind of like shies away from positive attention, makes me feel kind of like itchy or uncomfortable. And rather than kind of like looking away, you know, we're doing FaceTime right now at the same time, even though it's audio, I took a moment to absorb your words and your energy because my initial reaction is to run from it. But like when I took a second to really like feel your words, you know, we formed such a beautiful friendship. I feel really grounded and rooted. And so sometimes the things that we're running from, those uncomfortable emotions are a place where we can actually turn towards. And when we turn towards them, it never feels as bad as what we think we're running from. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now I'm sitting here thinking like my kids went to Colorado before me and I pretty much handled the move for them and they're going to be coming home to a new house. But I'm thankful that before they left, we were intentional about hey, when you get back, you're going to be in a new home. I wasn't using these exact words, but like, what do we need to do to make sure that you remember this house and know that it was special to you? So I wasn't super intentional about doing that for myself, but I'm glad to know that I was intentional about doing that for them, especially hearing that your stepmom would just pack you up and and move you, which is what I basically just did for them. Sashira, she's funny. She looked at us right away when we brought it up at dinner and she said, well, I know what I need to say goodbye to this house. And I said, well, what is that? She goes, I'm going to need about 30 minutes alone in each room that has a TV. (laughs) And I was like, okay, yeah, well, of course I need to honor this for you. Um, But yeah, now you're getting uninterrupted TV time in multiple rooms in the house. Like you are so smart. But how would you recommend if people are having to part with anything? Like maybe it's not their house or their or maybe like free, it could be a hotel room. You spent two nights there. What, what should we be doing? Uh, I think just like small, very small closing practices of um, I'm like audio. Like I like to say things out loud. I'd literally just say, thank you so much for the space for keeping me whatever, you know, safe is usually um, a good one. <laughs> if you're making it out of there, you know, you're safe. I think it's just planting seeds of awareness because we're just such a rushed society. Obviously, Corona has slowed a lot of us down, but there's so many little things that we can be doing to give space to emotions that at the end of the day, I believe reduces anxiety. So oftentimes we get so 
caught up in doing all of the things that we don't give space to emotions, whether they be positive, whether they be negative. And I think that anxiety is kind of like that coming up for us in little ways because we're constantly trying to push down something that's trying to come up. Maybe it's a little bit of sadness. Maybe, you know, I'm sure leaving your house was very bittersweet for you, Amy. You know, that was a really big life changing house for your family, right? That's where you lived for the last big years, you know? Bringing the kids home there is super special for sure. Yeah. And so for all of us, obviously you had your mom roll your mom pants on when you were packing up and being the best caretaker for them. But these little moments where we come home to ourselves and we check in with ourselves is truly where I believe self-love. I put this in air quotes right now because it's so eye roll for a lot of people who don't understand the concept or see it on Instagram as manicures and, you know, all the fancy stuff. But it's these little moments where we kind of pat ourselves on the back, I think, and say, wow, you did big things here. You know, you grew here, you learned here, you did whatever here. And it's these building moments of self pride that I think contribute to, you know, we talked a lot about self worth on outweigh, right? So it's these little practices where we check in with ourselves and center and they're not long, they're not elaborate, and they're not expensive. It's just planting seeds of mindfulness throughout the day. So if it's not a hotel room, you know, it's maybe just breakfast, you know, a lot of people pray, I think praying kind of drops you into the present. And regardless of religion or anything like that, it's just taking a moment to acknowledge where food came from before it landed on your table. And as you know, you talk a lot about gratitude, it creates a safety inside that allows us to show up as not the frazzled, anxious versions of ourselves, which are not who we are at a core. So I think I think that's what it's it's really about. Just like breathing into spaces, taking a moment, you know, don't don't get so caught up in like take a picture of this in your mind. Slowing down and dropping into the present is the best thing that we can do to just savor a moment or a space or whatever it is. And all the the gratitude, yeah, that we do talk about. I mean, so much research points to that it reduces stress and anxiety and increases all the different, all the good things and can lower all the bad things. And it seems so, I think sometimes it's hard for people to think if I really do that, is it going to do it? Because it seems so simple. At the same time, something so simple is often really hard for us to do. Stepping back and really having to assess what you're thankful for, big or small, but sometimes these bigger moments, it's not as easy, or we really don't think that if we take the time to do it, it will really make a difference. But I'm a believer that that it does. So I'm curious too, when you move, for me, I use moving. I've moved a handful of times as an adult. I was in the same house from birth till I was 18. So I didn't have that same experience as you as a child, but I've moved a handful of times as an adult. And I always use it as a time to reevaluate what I'm holding on to, try to get rid of some things. Like how do you decide, especially if someone's listening and they have a really hard time parting with things, like you were saying, you know, like what's some advice? And again, you may not even be moving. Maybe you're just looking around your space and you're like, okay, I'm kind of holding on to some things. Like how do you decide when you're ready to let go of a shirt or an item or something that you just don't need. Yeah. And obviously, I think there's like experts on this the whole topic of, you know, simplifying your life. And I'm certainly not an expert. I think that oftentimes we hold on to things that have sentimental value, but it ends up weighing us down when the memory of it is enough. And I think that we hold everything in in our hearts. And that's kind of like, you know, as as humans, we 
we think that we kind of like prance around the earth and it's ours or that we wear the everything and you know everything is ours for the taking and the using. But I think when you think about all the things that you really need, it's not a lot, right? I wear probably like four things, like <laughs> four things. Oh, this is actually good for the four things podcast. <laughs> I think that, that we, 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 we think that all these things are ours for the taking, for the doing, for the, for the walking of, of the earth and everything. But it's really, we're all sharing, right? We're sharing things with the earth. We're sharing things with people. And so I think also just reframing the word get rid of might be really helpful, right? Because like what you're giving up, somebody else may be gaining, right? Few things end up in the trash because few things are trash. And so I think really thinking about it more as like a reciprocal type of a nature of giving up things for somebody else is a more happier way to kind of think of it. Yeah. And my husband, Evan, is very sentimental and he holds on to a lot of things and he's probably going to kill me for saying this, but like we came into this house and he's having a really hard time organizing and doing his work because he can't do his work until he gets organized. And while it's wonderful to have you know, sentimental value for some things, I think that it really can just weigh you down. And when the memories truly live in the heart. And I think that's kind of the most important thing to remember that, you know, things can be ruined, things can be taken from you, whatever. And all those most precious things really do live inside of us. And if we cultivate the practice of taking a second to thank an item or a place, it secures it in our hearts and in our memories in the most secure place that it could ever be. Love that. And I love too that Evan, I guess, did you do it for Evan or did Evan send his videos in from when he was a kid to Legacy Box? <gasps> no, Evan did that. And that's amazing. And we, we work with Legacy Box on the Bobby. Oh, you do? They're amazing. And I amazing. just, that's also too another way to simplify and if you have a bunch of pictures or home videos or things like Evan, it was like his bar mitzvah from when he was, yeah, that when he turns 13. 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was really fun. You posted some of the video on Instagram, but that's a way to kind of take that and then put it yeah. in space that others can enjoy too, because you can, it's digital now and you can share yeah. it. But he's a physical and a digital hoarder. And I just want the world to hear that. <laughs> oh. So, but once he digitized everything, Yes. Keep the physical? No, you know, we didn't. So the legacy box, they convert the VHS stuff to the digital, which is wonderful. I was just teasing. Well, I saw a quick thing just that I'll read out to people of would I buy it again today? How often do I wear or use this? Does it fit and match with my space or where I currently am? Is it worth the space it's taking up? And that means so much more to me than just something like an item. You could apply some of these questions to people you surround yourself with. Yes, energy. Do I have more than one of these items? Will it be too expensive or a hassle to move this? Yeah, a lot of our stuff for DC was more expensive to move than to just keep there. When I saw you had to take your headboard like through a, <laughs> a balcony down and took like five <laughs> something, but obviously that was important. Lastly, does this item, whatever it is, bring value into my life? And again, that can apply to more than this things. Yeah. And just because we talk about like body image stuff, I feel like a big one for women is like clothing that either fit in the past or clothing that you want to fit into for the future. So like, does this make me feel beautiful right now is a good one to just like stay present as well as fork the noise. Because, you know, if you're working towards fitting into a different pair of jeans or a dress or a bathing suit, you know, you're not going to be the best caretaker of your body in this moment. 
So I think just for a lot of us women or men, however you identify holding on to the things that make you feel beautiful right now and letting go of future or past items is a beautiful way to acknowledge your own growth. I love it, Lisa. And I just appreciate you so much. I hope that your birthday is special and you and Evan get to have some good quality or if y'all get to see family and friends, that too, but it's just some good quality birthday time and that you, you feel the love today. Thank you, Amy. It's so good to see you on my birthday. Bye. Bye. Awesome. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org.